0: Matthew chapter 6, i got read for verse 19. The first thing I'm going to say is this. This really, really challenged me this week. far likes that comes to church to get challenged. You want me like a challenge? Yes, I see that hand. Like if you want to just come week on week and never be challenged, the point is the Bible, God's holy word, his sacred text, can challenge us. And it's good to be challenged, and Jesus is speaking to His followers challenging words. Discipleship challenges us, because we was coming for one way of life, which was the way we'd just been taught, a way that was cut off for God, a way that wasn't holy, it wasn't the narrow path, it was a wide path that leads to destruction. We get saved, we follow Jesus, and there's a complete change. We have a relationship to be with God, a relationship to be with Jesus, a relationship with each other found in the church, a relationship with material things. And this morning, it's a relationship with material things. I touched on this a few weeks ago when it was all on about Given in a Secret Place, and when I was still on a radical Jesus series and this is radical thinking, when I came to this, I thought, do we really want to speak about money again? And I thought, well, Jesus did, and so it's quite major for him. If you've been with us previous weeks, Jesus has given faith is we're about war this morning. Jesus has given us a mandate for his people that are in war. A battle against flesh, blood, and uh, not against flesh and blood, against powers, principalities. He mentions the evil one. He's given us a mandate. Uh, We give in, we pray, and we fast, and that it should be done in the secret place. That's war against our pride. It wants to be seen to be doing the right things, and as we closed with the. The Lord's Prayer last week, he spoke about the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one, and then Jesus jumps right into there, speaking straight after that about the power of money. Dun dun dun, and I'll just give thirty seconds for all the greedy people just to just to get the door just now, because this is going to, this is tough. See this. It's just paper, isn't it? But this is completely neutral. There's no power in this cash for anything, apart from spending things. And Christians will sometimes say, money is the root of all evil. Money is near the root of all evil, all kinds of evil. The Scripture says it's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. This is completely neutral. You can guess to one person, they'll squander it on wild living. You give this to somebody else and they'll be wise. They'll get to missionaries and they'll get to charities. But there's something about us in our daily lives that has an incredible tug for your heart. If I just get mad of this, this folding stuff, And Then I'll get the car that I want. I'll get the house that I want. I'll get the clothes, the cool clothes. I'll get the Gucci clothes. I'll be seen as a person, or maybe more important than I actually am. And it's undeniable that Jesus puts his finger on this and says, your relationship with us, after you get saved, will change. You will see it from a different perspective. Forgive me if this is your first morning here, and you've walked in, and you are. Before you came, you thought Christians are just after our money. Like I didn't have preach like this every week, okay? Like come back next week, check your YouTube. clips historically, but if we just scrap out this relationship, then our hearts might never be as free as we want, and we wouldn't get a godly perspective on how we should deal with it. Jesus, I want to say, treasures in heaven. I'm going to read the text, and then I'm going to elevate us to a place of the kingdom. So, Jesus is teaching the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom principles. This is how his followers should act, as people or the kingdom. Jesus said us in verse 19, and this is not my forte. Isabel will tell you, I'm not a financial expert, I'm not an accountant. I can that some people are great with stuff like us about taxes and um, pension pots and things like that, but it's, Jesus is a waggy, friendly advice to his followers. To me, a debenture, it seems like something you would go to the dentist about. But apparently it's to deal with investments. And Jesus is a way to give his followers sound investment planning. He says this, don't store up treasures here on earth. I'll say this, Jesus is not against wealth. He's against wealth, he and you, and you being enslaved by the folding stuff. He's not saying it's wrong to hate treasures, but he's giving a mandate to his people. Back in that day, the Jewish people, there was not a local TSB bank, there was not a local NatWest or Bank of Scotland. If they did was with their personal wealth, they would hide it. They would dig a hole and they would hide it so that if a robber came, it was hidden. So he's saying, don't store up Treasures here on earth, then I store it. You ever watch a program about hoarders? That's what Jesus is saying. Then I be a hoarder of your treasures. Then I keep out of your cell here on earth, where moths eat and rust destroys them, and where thieves can break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. you can do to have an investment in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. When your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. If the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters. You will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot. He doesn't say you might not. This is the words of our Savior. You cannot serve both God and money. In the Bible study on Tuesday, we spoke about being justified through the blood of Jesus. We're eternally saved through the blood of Jesus. We spoke when we look back to the cross and we receive the historical truth. Jesus came and He paid the price for our salvation. We look back at the record. We thank Jesus. We're saved for our eternity. But Abraham and the patriarchs, the people that came before Jesus, didn't they look back? If you read Hebrews chapter 11, they looked forward. They, looked, they had forward faith. And Jesus has given us something here today. We forward faith. Look forward. Let's speak about heaven. Heaven's got to be awesome, isn't it? It's got to be otherworldly. There's no more wars, no more shootings, no more bad news for doctors, no more pain, no more burying people we thought should have lived longer. An absolute place of perfection, or love, the Apostle Paul visited there, and he said, "I didn't care whether I was in the body, out the body, dead or alive, but I was colours that he can't even describe, but he's seen. There is angels and archangels, cherubim, seraphim, or mighty wings, powerful beings that we have never even thought of." And Jesus says, there's no moth allowed, no thieving, no robbers, no stealing. It's going to be a place, place, that nothing's going to decay. See how we get a pair of trainers, and then you think, this is my new trainers. I hear this for a filly. And then as the months go on, your favorite trainers, what happens to them? They get discolored, they get holes in them. Because you go running, John, the souls get, again, John's got a great collection of trainers. He doesn't want to chuck on out. He's maybe run some great races with them and think, I, I remember. But could you imagine there's no decay? Like there's no dentists. There, there's, there's just no decay. Whatever happens, air is pure, it's holy, and it's kept a place of majesty that God is on the throne. Some would say that there is work in heaven. Oh, no, not ever really work. But some would say that Jesus says about the Father that he works, he neither sleeps nor slumber. But even our work would be heavenly. I've heard it suggested that the things that you're maybe slightly good at on earth you're extremely good at in heaven. Like again, artist here on earth, they get saved, they go to heaven, and then they'll be able to paint the most glorious pictures unhindered. We colors they've never seen before. You get a poet here on earth, or a good singer, and they say in heaven, they'll maybe work in that capacity in heaven for our eternity, yet sing songs that's never been written, hear a tune that's never been heard. Maybe a builder will build things for Jesus. And as he's building, he's thinking, this is amazing, I am building a store for the Lord, a house for Him, a house for... It's just no sweat. It's easy. And architecture will be like architecture that's never been seen on earth. A place of perfection. And Jesus is saying this, I want you to think of that place. Look forward and live your life here on earth with there in mind. We look back and see the cross, but we can look forward to eternity with Jesus, and if you trust his words, you would trust what he is saying. He said, and didn't I just hoard our thing, put in a cupboard, and think about earthly wealth as about you? Store up for your sale treasures in heaven. We're gonna enjoy for eternity, but sometimes in our minds we're so trapped in this temporal regime. How long will you be alive on earth? Some of us haven't passed it, but they say roughly three score and ten. Obviously, some didn't market, Obviously, some even in here. <laughs> I'm not what I say on borrowed time. you just. You're on extra time. Okay, but unless Jesus comes back, we'll all breathe our last breath. Who long will you be in heaven if Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Who long? Forever. So Jesus is saying, mark your life on earth to deal with the fold and stuff, the powerful fold and stuff, Mark your life on earth. Mark it count. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Get a heavenly perspective. Start thinking of that day. Start thinking of a place that you'll be there for five years, ten years, twenty years, fifty years, a hundred years, a thousand years. But live your life with eh, forward faith, with that day in mind. Is that challenging for you? It's challenging for me that the relationship we have, we money, can just be about okay. We give to church, but it's mainly about going through life on this earth, working hard, receiving life's perks. And God wants to elevate us to a place, as a church, as a people, oh hey, don't hoard your wealth. If you do, realize when you die, it's all gone. And the stuff that you leave, moths will destroy It'll go out of fashion at some point. You see your sparkling new phone that you got for an upgrade that Apple and Samsung said it's the best thing since sliced bread. There'll never be a phone like this and the camera's so amazing. Guess what? Within one year, they will hate out a better phone than the one they sold you the previous year and then they will say, this is the best phone ever. Slightly better phone, slightly quicker, slightly better processing system. And your old phone will end, Your new phone will end up eventually in a drawer. Or you'll exchange it for something else. It happens with everything we see. Your new car. I mean, when I got my first car, 400 quid. Down payment, cash. A Kia Pride, it was card. If you drove it, you, it was a pride buster. It was supposed to be red. It was slightly pink. <laughs> Nothing electric. It had a CD player, you know, anti-shock CD players that uh, you had to attach. Mind the tape that you had to put in, the blank tape, okay, for the, all the younger crowd. They're like, are you even on about a tape? And then I put for its m it was a 600-pound exhaust ball. So even I'm near the wisest person when it comes to finances, I can, that if you pay £400 pound for a car, to pay £600 pound for a exhaust, is not it, Mark? What is sense? So I went to the, it was going to car Heaven, and I went to the scrap, and I says, look, £600. Pound. I says, I have to, you have to scrap it. And uh, he was chuckling, awa, this was his, he's got to make money here. He actually had to pay, I think he maybe didn't like a kipper here, because I actually had to pay him to get rid of my car to the scrappy that he was going to make money on. So he's like, ha ha, I'm getting your car, your your pride and joy. And he says, fit you what I go for next? I says, well, I've got my eye on a Ford Focus actually. And he says, ha ha, it's like, just to let you can, eventually your new car will be coming here as well to my scrappy. And you can something? He was absolutely right. That eventually rust gets to things, the MOT's too big, and all the things that we think Will make us smile and make us happy in a temporary realm, will eventually give way to being discolored, to rust, to the moths, and will be eventually discarded. The treasures that you think you carry in your house and you hoard that treasures with so much sentimental value, you can as well as I can, that if I breathe my last and go and be. We Jesus in heaven. Then someday, and it might be my kids or somebody else will come in with no sentimental attachment to the things that I've treasured, and they'll phone a skip. The skip will get dropped off, and all the things I've worked hard and lived for, and a deal in sentiment, will get fired for some young strapping lads and a, a skip. Never be seen again. I'm not saying this to disappoint you. <laughs> this is the words of our Savior. To say, Did I live your life thinking of treasures on earth? He says, Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. For there's no scrappies, there's no rust. There's no damage. You've got to be there a long, 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 long time. Sometimes in church we think, Abdi that's saved is going to be absolutely equal in heavenly places. Jesus never said that. We're all going to be equally saved, but says if you've been faithful in smart things, you've got to be put in charge to big things. If you are diligent and generous on this earth, God is going to promote you to be in charge. Some would say in cities, you're going to rule and reign with him forevermore. It's not all has got to be equal. We'll have different roles still fully saved. Jesus is not being dune on earthly treasures. He's trying to elevate his people. Good, friendly, sound investment policy. I live for a day yet to come. This goes against, why is this a radical statement, a radical teaching? It goes against everything that we are told for the world that says, please yourself, look after yourself, go for material wealth. This will make you smile. This will make you happy. And yet, if you were to speak to some of the richest people on planet Earth and some of the most famous people on planet Earth, they would tell you then I believe the lies that we outcome extreme happiness, they are susceptible especially to anxieties when they find out the golden carrot that they thought that was dangled before them would bring them incredible happiness. They find themselves in a place of loneliness and depression. Whatever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is a lamp. It sounds as though here that Jesus then changes subjects, then comes back. He spoke about treasures and heavenly places. And then he says, verse 22, and this really struck me. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. When your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. If the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And then he goes back to speak to money. Speak about money. No one can serve two masters. You'll hate one and love the other. Devote to one. Despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He speaks about money. He speaks about treasures. He speaks about, didn't I just live for treasure on earth for moth and rust and thieves can steal? Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. And then he starts speaking about eyes. And then he goes back to money. I was really struck by us, I thought fit his eyes. Did he just jump subjects and then went back to the same subject or was it a, a continual constant theme? I was struck by us that a lot of things to do with wealth we see we the eyes that if we look through the eyes, these eyes, we see the advertising campaigns. We see the new car that we maybe want. We see earthly wealth through fit through these eyes. And Jesus is saying, really, just keep your eyes good. Just watch what you're looking at in this world. Because if you keep looking th- for earthly wealth, with these eyes and the things you you, you feel as so though you want and you could have with mere money, then it won't belong. For your heart gets polluted. It won't belong. So your heart then agrees with your eyes, and you start thinking, "I need this, and if I get this, this will make me happy." Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. Be careful that you look at. When your eye is good, when you're looking at the right things. Your whole body is filled with darkness. It's like this. If I was blind, would I care about the Gucci name in my jumper? Would I? Does a blind man care about material wealth with other people? If I was blind, would I worry about iPhones and Androids, Mercedes-Benz, in the most beautiful things the world has got to offer. Mine gone of to the stall in Tenerife, and you think you're buying Calvin Klein. And in closer inspection, it's Calvin Klump. You're like Tommy figure t shirt. That's a brand name. And then it's hold on. It's Tommy me one finger. You think it's Nike? Just do it, but it's Mike. Because it's to do with the eyes. You look and you want, you think you need, and you think you've got a bag borrow on steel to get and Jesus' said Keep your eyes good. If your eyes is good, your whole body will be full. Oh light, be careful if your eyes are bad, and that light you think you carry might even be darkness. Be careful. Facebook is free. It's amazing for some. How can Facebook be free? But yet a multi, 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 multi multi-million pound company. At the same time, we hundreds of thousands of employees, massive buildings, they've got shares, how can it be absolutely free, but worth a multi-multi-million pounds? The answer is, your time is for sale. If they can match up, oh Kevin spends five hours on Facebook a day, which a dinner. But they will sell your time to an advertising company because they can, if you're scrolling and looking at Gucci stuff by your eyes, there might come a point that you're thinking, that's really cool. I need a new watch. I need that watch. I need a new pair of trainers. But I need the pair of trainers that I'm looking at while I'm scrolling. Your time is for sale to dewee your eyes. You weema? And he brings us down to land. Be careful for you look up. The world's out to get you. How do you store up treasures in heaven? By gaining a lot of wealth, churches need finances. This is not a tactic to get you to get to this church. But churches need finances through so the giving of generous people. And they just this church, the Church Dunerod, the Baptist Church, the Assembly of God Church, the Churches of Scotland the Calvary Church, Bethesda Church, for new you store up treasures in heaven. For new for kingdom purposes. For new ghee missionaries. You are storing up treasures in heaven for moths. Can not eat? There's no destruction. There's no rust. You see that sign up sheet at the back for soup and sweets to help people in your community with their shoes and their jacket that's an opportunity for you to store up riches in heaven because it's linked to the kingdom and it's now linked to you again, for you think you need to make you happy. It's living before God with an eternal perspective. That sheet should be full. Never say an amen. In a church, that should be no hustle. Get some tatties. Get some carrots. make some soup. Turn up. Jesus says, you are... Stolen for, I don't care how this has gotten to look. Jesus will work out of this suit. But you're stolen for yourself. Let time I make you feel guilty if you say, oh, yeah, I got a mug suit, I got a mug sweets. We can do stuff. We can do thinking to deal with finances, invest in it in wise things for the kingdom, his purposes. Sponsor a child, sponsor an orphan, and some. Poverty stricken country to give them a chance of learning to get saved, to be a Bible teacher, and you might never ever meet them until you get to heaven. And we see things like this and we think, oh, 30 quid a month, that's far too much. But we would spend on other things quite gladly if it meant us looking a bit better. This is radical teaching. This is Jesus' teaching. This is what he wants us to think about in relationship. How is your relationship with finances? Are you investing it in the right places? Doesn't it mean everything but a proportion to give? And you're storing up. You might never get a return this side of eternity, but you send store up for one day. Hey, forward faith. You get to enjoy the spoil forever. This is one of the most hardest things that I think he ever taught because it gets to the crux of where we are. Giving is very private. It's not something that I can see in your life. I can see the time that you give. I kinda see in your life your checkbook, your balance sheet. It is entirely between you and God. Only you can if you did and only you might can if you do. But that's why it hits us, because we can do loads of other things, but listen to the words of our Savior, that we praise, that we worship, and He is our truth. No one can serve two masters. You will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve. You cannot serve both God. You cannot be a hoarder. Keep asking yourself, stand up and testify, I serve Jesus because I'm on a rota. You cannot serve both God and money. For this example, I'm going to leave you something to look at. I'm going to need two cool dudes to pull off this illustration. I'm going to ask Gib and Stevie Eckhart. Join me on the stage. This is your life. Let's hear it for the two beautiful lads. No, you don't need help, right? So this is Stevie, right? This is Jimmy. This is not Gibb. This is Bob. So, Stevie, uh, Jimmy, say hello to Bob. Bob say hello to Jimmy. This is just so you leave with something that you can remember. So... This is. His name is. Oh, you're still listening. That's good. Jimmy. He's a hard worker. So you got to give us back at the end, right? Or put in the waffling. <laughs> <laughs> he's a hard worker. Use your imagination, right? He's a hard worker. <laughs> he's incredibly good looking. He's incredibly talented. He leads worship. He can sing. He's involved. Do no, I just tell you? And uh, he's the five talent guy that they speak about in church. He's involved. He's gifted. He preaches. People listens. He's incredibly well thought of in the community. He's got a good job. And he works hard for his finances. He's worked himself up for an apprentice to being a manager. People look up to him. When he speaks, people listen. People can see that he looks to be a man blessed by God himself. He's got the car that he wants. He's got the house that he wants. And his wife and his kids are absolutely perfect in cutting about in the Gucci stuff. But fuck Disney, see. He gets 50 quid for a week's work. And just hold it your hand. So he gets his first 10 out. Well, his first 10 out, he thinks, I deserve. I'm putting out a warm seven up for a, a new car. There you go. Because he really likes how he looks and wants to keep out. Why? The second tenor, it's on the jam and he's trying to get how he buys a, a treadmill. He's got to keep at tram. Use our imagination, right? Got to keep the tram locked. The six pack is, is turning into a one pack. And he joins a jam. He wants to treat his wife, we'll call her Shirley, and. <laughs> fast food, they get a marmalade, Donner kebab, and like, that's what we'll, we'll, we'll go for at. He's flicking through Facebook, he sees the new Gucci trainers that he wants, and I thought, well I work really hard, I'm going to pay for that, and I'll spend it on that. And with the last ten hour, he just buys his kids something, because he's a good dad, or maybe buys a new guitar or an instrument or something, and so before he cans it, it's all gone. He serves well. He's a good guy. He's talented. He's gifted. He's giving up his time for Jesus. And that's Jimmy. And here we go, Bob. Again, use your imagination. He's just, you know what, guys. He's not got going for him. He's use your imagination. He's lost his hair. He's uh, <laughs> he's got the low grade employment. He's not gifted. He can't lead worship well, but he is committed to fellowship in church on on Sunday. He's not a preacher. He never does any, any upfront up front stuff. Um, he's not extrovert like poor Jimmy. This Bob's a quiet guy. You'd hardly even notice whether he comes and whether he goes. He's paid, he keeps himself himself generally, but you can. He's a committed Christian. So, he gets his wage pocket. Within the wage pocket, it jingles because it's, it's neither fold and stuff, it's coins. There is, oh, I seem to have lost two pounds. <laughs> oh, my. Ah, here you go. I thought, Jimmy stole it. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a tenner in coins. If you was to look at this lad, he buys in a flat. He works to his work. There's an external sign of being extremely blessed. But he has got for him a wedge pocket. Before it even arrives, he's thinking. And he gets paid ten pounds in coins. And we put two pounds in his hands. And weighs his first two pounds, he says, that's, that's for a kingdom not yet seen. There's so much that I want. There's so much I need. There's so much I yearn for in this life. But yet I've already decided that that, the first fruits, a tenth would be one pound. He puts it into the green bag, One pound. Another pound to an offering for a missionary for boots for balance for children in need. And with the rest, he's still got eight pounds he can divide it up and I'll put two pound a while. Maybe I will get at trainer's, but we'll see. He's got his food expenses and so he <laughs> <laughs> But he's t- he's the batch cook now. He can't afford the ready meals for one. But he's thinking, I need to, I need to feed myself. God sees that you need to feed yourself. The credit, the electric and gas company is on his case now, but he's got bills to pay, so he's to, to pay out in his last two pounds, his last two pounds, he tries to get something for a deal for the powerhouse shop, which we can't always easy. <laughs> <laughs> And he spends his as well. Fain has got true riches in heaven. Jimmy, he looks the blessed guy. Jesus never said, see if you serve on team. Serving on teams, if you look at it, Jesus used it as an example, he says, that's, that's reasonable service. You serving people with your time is reasonable service. And almost we put our crosses that Jesus would say, you serve on teams, you've got riches. But I can't and have no na- na- right to put words in Jesus' mood. He says, no one can serve two masters. You might be like Jimmy, go out to give earning And keep an eye of your cell. But you cannot be like Jimmy and still say, I serve the Most High God. You might be incredibly gifted, incredibly wealthy if you keep it out of your cell. Jesus is saying, You have no legal right to say I serve God for you are our order. But Jesus says, This is the closing moment. Be like Bob. It's a personal thing. It's a private thing, and it's now he's only given two. He's given ten. He's given a hundred. Jesus is just looking. Well, think about eternity and get a proportion to store up for yourself treasures in heaven. You cannot serve two masters. You'll be devoted to one. Despise the other. You cannot serve both God, Spirit God, the God we worship, and at the same time, just live for you. Be like Bob. It's challenging. I'm challenged myself. We give, but then it's good to take stock every now and again to review, am I just living for my life here, or am I looking with forward faith and storing up for myself? Treasures in heaven for our uh, eternity. Okay, can you can pick up your cash, you lads. Right. <laughs> and do whatever you, uh, you want with it. The green, the green bag. Oh, it's in, it's in <laughs> oh, it's the office. I'm going to close in prayer. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Bob. If I wanted to do is just show you just a practical. If you mind nothing else, mine. Mind Jimmy, mind Bob, evaluate your life. Sometimes you have to batch cook. Sometimes you have to just to live wisely, but before the paycheck comes in, already decide. Some of this, some of this is sacred. Some of this is sacrificial, and God would say, you are a true servant of the Most High God. Let's pray. When are not going to end with prayers and worship. I just thought we'd end with simple prayer. Jesus, we love you. And even though your words challenge us, we thank you that your truth sets us free. And we want to be free as you see free, and they're free as we would see free. And as we sit in your presence, God, whether just be a release, or oh, your wisdom, or oh, your heart, save us for just looking after ourselves. Save us for a life that is lived through the eyes of the flesh, a continual lust for more and for better things. But we'll be led and guided through the eyes of the Spirit that would set our sights upon Jesus. In the next few verses, you've already got to tell us that we shouldn't worry about our lives here on earth so much. You're a good Father and you're a Father that provides. But God, I pray for each one of us as we look forward to eternity with Jesus, if indeed you're our Lord and Savior, that we would live wisely with a long-term investment plan in mind. Help us to store up for ourselves Treasures in heaven that moth cannot eat, thieves cannot steal, and rust cannot destroy. Help us, we pray, to deal in wisdom and kingdom finances, to help the missionaries, to help the orphans, to help the poor, to help the needy within the capacity of this community and further afield. And as we have teed up our tithes and offerings, help us as a leadership and as a fellowship to understand for it is to use earthly resources to see the lost saved, to see the poor be looked after in the deliverance power of Jesus. Deliver your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God blesses. I thought I'd take up offerings first. If i teen up offerings after that, you'd think, yeah, we'll get you. You just want the green bags to be filled. It's never gain here. It's about going to other places. If you was to go off of here and think I'm not F.C.C. one more penny, that's your choice. But you should, within the capacity of your life, decide to pit to other places.